Adding a colon can completely change the meaning of a sentence. For example, Jeffrey ate John's sandwich. And then, Jeffrey ate John's colon. Damn it. Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so Uh wet. Oh my god, it's coming. It was recently St. Patty's Day. Does anyone want to do the podcast with an Irish accent? Yeah, the entire thing. You have to start a pie and you have to move down low. Oh god. Trailer Park Podcast, episode 148. Good evening to you, lasses and laddies. Oh boy. (laughs) You ready? ready I'm not going to do this. Ready for 145 minutes of that. So, uh, Amanda and I are exiting. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't. I couldn't understand what you said. Uh, you have to be careful. You might. You might. You know, it's tough. It's tough to keep up Irish for that long. You might slide into Scottish. Things might start getting bloody. Scottish Scotland, bloody. Sorry. One. Sleep on his giant pillar. <laughs> Uh, can one... uh, can someone do the Australian accent because oh, that's the best one? That's tough. No, not yeah. unless I hear it first. Yeah, you have to hear it first. Yeah, <laughs> this comes out Irish. <laughs> my my Aussie comes out English. I can't. Oh, good day, mate. Yeah, good day, mate. On the barbecue. On the barbecue. Oi, oi! Everything's oi. Oi. Yeah. Oi. My boy, 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 you're a kangaroo. <laughs> you have to like shape your oh. mouth in like strange ways. To remind yourself how they talk. We don't. We're not talking about kangaroos anymore. No. Why not? <laughs> okay. What has happened? Short anecdote from the Carver House. Okay. I'm sitting at the dining table having a very pleasant conversation with our three-year-old about kangaroos, and she is telling me about how they have like a pouch on their tummy and their babies go inside and whatever, whatever. Really cute. Daniel pipes in. Yeah, and they're really good at luring other animals into the water and drowning them. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he tells our toddler. Hmm. Well, (laughs) okay. to be fair, it came from a place of, well, I want my daughter to be a little bit scared of kangaroos because they're... Because she's going to see a kangaroo at any moment. They're horribly violent animals, and I don't want her being like, let me in that pouch. Is (laughs) Is it inappropriate, though, or is it just educational? We rode the line. <laughs> rode the line. I think I pre- the way because I think he used the word murder. Yeah, I think I presented it a little grim for oh. young audience. Oh, okay. So it was worse than what you're how you're painting it. I think it was that they got really good at holding their head under the water. Yeah, yeah. It was dark <laughs> and just inappropriate. You just okay. She's gonna learn it sometime. Well, we appreciate the anecdote. I'm going to educate you about... I'm excited to educate you about 148 tonight because this is not one of these numbers. No, where, where 148 the, that kind of sounds industrial. The, the, the numerology 
normally does a big, you know, hypocritical circle back in on itself. And tonight that's not the case. Wow. The numerology energy represented by the number 148 focuses on a goal, determines how to achieve the goal, and does the actions required to reach the goal. So 148 is about follow through. Yeah. A person resonating with 148 energy would be focused, would, sorry, would be a focused individual who knows what they want to attain and how they are going to do it. The person generally wouldn't resonate with socializing except in conjunction with pursuit of the personal goal. Very tunnel vision. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. Change of pace from the usual, uh, it's up and down, but also left and right. It's direct. That's right. It's also the second number to be both a heptagonal number and a centered heptagonal number. I like heptagonal <laughs> numbers. The first number is the number one. So the number one Fuck off. <laughs> and 148 <laughs> are tied together. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amanda. Uh, I think she, she got scared because she saw like you making a list of every number. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. The third number is... Dunbar's number is a theoretical cognitive limit to the number of people with whom one can maintain stable interpersonal relationships. Oh, yeah. What is, and what is it? So you can only have a harem of eight? Dunbar predicted a mean group size of 148. Yeah. But it's commonly rounded up to 150. That is the maximum quality relationships with other individuals you can maintain. What? 148? That's people? way too many. Yeah, way too, I, I thought it was eight. I thought we were in the yeah. number eight. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought also. But this, this means even at your bare minimum, like Facebook acquaintance level. So even if you have more than 150 friends on Facebook, you've all, you're, you're not even, many of them are not getting anything. because you None can't. of them are getting anything. I only talk to like six people. Yeah. But everyone that is my friend is present. <laughs> <laughs> Um, except Chelsea. Except Chelsea. <laughs> and they mm. bonded a lot in Vegas. <laughs> Me too. Oh. Same answer. Yeah. I have work acquaintances. Can those be contributing to my, to my Dunbar? I guess they count. Yeah, yeah they count. Because they're like, okay. you, you, you participate in them even if they're not that deep. Yeah. No, because I do have relationships with these people. Yeah. What about ex relationships? That are people I don't talk to anymore. Can I, can I slide those into my Dunbar? I don't know. Are they are they taking up any sort of energy? Well, they have within the last year. What kind mm. of dumb is Dunbar like a right now kind of number, or can we do like over the past amount of time? Why are you talking to an ex? No, ex like colleagues, ex coworkers. Oh, I was like, who? I'm trying to bring my Dunbar numbers up. <laughs> no, Nathan, you're sitting at a squat thirty five. Yeah, also, uh, that Dunbar number is like the max red line for your human existence. So you're not trying to reach that. Oh. You want to stay well Oh, well, we're, we're good. Yeah. Then we're good. Nathan, your Dunbar number is the number um, connected with your YouTube channel. What are you trying to say? And 150. Everyone but Chelsea is present. <clears throat> okay. Does that's he, the, he, the perfect does number. Does show have a YouTube? And that's a gift. <laughs> It, it has a place where I put the playlist for the trailers. It doesn't really have a YouTube anything. <laughs> the playlist exists on YouTube. Yeah. It's not a, like, monetized YouTube channel. It's They're a frequent purpose. It's, it's a real 148 of a yeah. YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's typically frequented accidentally by people who are trying to get to the Trailer Park Boys podcast. <laughs> are, they, do, are they successful? 
Yeah. You know what's boys? hilarious is that our our podcast existed before the Trailer Park Boys podcast did. And I used to be able to Google Trailer Park Podcast and it would come up as like one of the first or second things. And then Trailer Park Boys made a podcast and then poof. Gone. Gone. It's like page 28. Oh, well. We're underground. Yeah. What? We're not underground enough for the cool million. That whole cool million. Oh, you're yeah. all dead. <laughs> we satisfy about the same number of women that uh, intern does annually. That's like negative number. Hey, if that's what you're saying, then maybe I didn't realize it was that bad. <laughs> okay, uh, we oh, have. What? We have reached the roundtable discussion portion of the podcast where we discuss movies that we've watched. We all, except for the intern, watched John Wick 4 yesterday. So this... No, I watched it yesterday, too. You did? Yep. Oh. Snuck out, you little, you little you devil. You little devil. So this roundtable is, unless anybody wants to talk about something else, is mainly just going to be a big powwow about John Wick. I'll take your mom's point of view. Oh, God. Well, I do want to offer some criticisms. The The... The round table can't be a big jerk-off session about John Wick just because you guys are in love with him. No, I have my own. I, we have our own criticisms. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Please bring them. But I also loved it. So I also loved it and and want, want it all the time. But yeah, yeah. I definitely got some criticism. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Criticism point number one. Please continue. They got to stop breaking this man's back. And by that, I mean the man has fallen off of multiple buildings and been thrown against like concrete and with his back and i'm like i'm willing to to suspend my disbelief on a lot of injury a lot but those really bother me i'm like he's not invulnerable please stop doing this because it takes me out of it yeah please stop dropping him eight stories onto a car and then have him run away yeah like that get it that car fall in the theater everyone was like oh Uh like all of us and it was a full theater Oh, yeah. Oh, John Wick 4 probably has some of them, even though another criticism is that with the insane over-the-top amount of fighting and combat and death that's happening, you lose what was great from the first <laughs> from the first couple of films, which were really identifiable deaths. Like, oh, like like in John Wick 3, that giant dude getting his jaw and his neck broken yeah. by, the, by the book. Yeah, the book one. The book death. You know, that's one that sticks out. John Wick 4, I feel like, has so much in it that it loses those like real intimate, identifiable deaths. Yeah, my comment here is fight sequences have fourth acts. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is probably the most amount of hand-to-hand combat a human can take in a single sitting. It's too long. I think uh... you could have trimmed all those fight sequences and not lost any impact. You could have trimmed at least thirty minutes off this movie, minimum. You probably could have. That's sort. Of, yeah, I mean, that's like I'm a, I won't argue that point. I I liked. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind the length of the fight scenes, but I get the point. And yes, I, I agree. I don't think you would lose impact if you if you if you snuck a little bit out of there because there's so much. And every every five minutes or fifteen minutes, I felt like the entire theater was going. <laughs> there's, I think, like uh, two two parts which looked extra brutal 
and the, it, one was him going out the window onto the car, and the second one was when he got tossed down the stairs. Oh yeah, like that stair fall was that was something else. It was bordering on Austin Powers level. It looked like it hurt the whole way down. Oh yeah, all that yeah. stair stuff. I'm like, still yeah. alive. I'm <laughs> burning. <laughs> How many burned quite a bit of my skin. Ribs. Yeah, it's a now, lot of damage there. Let's talk about some high points, though. I'm not done with criticisms. No, we're done with criticisms. He handed out T-shirts to the stuntmen who died multiple times in the same fight sequences. It's too long. Handed out T-shirts? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's stuntmen that portrayed multiple people in the fight sequences. So, like, in the Arc de Triomphe, like, the first guys he fought in the first sequence are probably the same stuntmen he fought in the last sequence. Well, of course they are. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to hire 300 <laughs> stuntmen. I just, I'm just pointing out that it's like, hey, you could use them all once, and then, you know, it's probably a better time length. I want to rail on the Bill Skarsgård casting choice. <clears throat> okay. Mainly, okay. Mainly because despite, like, he didn't do a bad job. I'm not, like, saying he was a terrible choice. I'm saying that there was a much better choice. Who? A French Jake man. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, that would have been funny if I said that. But no. No, I'm saying an Jake actual... Jake Gyllenhaal is available for bad movies, and this was a bad movie, according to Nathan, so... No, I'm not... <laughs> just... so, No, I don't think it was a bad movie. I enjoyed it. I'm saying that I would have enjoyed it more if they had tweaked things. Because sometimes I watch movies and I say to myself, ooh, it would have been better if they did this. And I'm just saying that choosing the most Scandinavian-looking man on the face of the planet to be a Frenchman is kind of a dumb move. And you could do, like, Vincent Castle, who's older, he's fucking French, and he'd be awesome in a John Wick movie. Do you know who Vincent Castle is? Nope. He's, he's the guy... Black Swan. He's the guy in Black Swan, yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy's, yeah, he's super French. He's super French, and he would look cool in a John Wick movie. And he would fit really well in this role. I think it should have been an older person anyway. Yeah, he would have been good as like a conniving, yeah, yeah, that probably would have worked. Yeah, Yeah, I think. And one last thing. Did they spend the first hour of John Wick Chapter 4 undoing all of the rules that were established at the end of Parabellum? I felt like they were unwinding it instead of progressing it. Like which? In what way? Like ripping up the ticket. Like you're, you're executing oh, yeah. Like you're fucked. And now, oh well, we'll just undo that so we can have a duel. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but I, I, I took I, my understanding of that was that it was up to his family. I mean, like they were under no obligation to let him back in. Yeah, like they they could have told him to fuck off, but because he had a way for them to get leverage on the high table. They were like, all right, we'll consider this convoluted nonsense. Mm-hmm. I kind of took it. Yeah. Hey, there's a lot of things I did like about it. I especially liked um, the poker scene with that guy with the gold teeth. <laughs> that guy fucking brought it. Like he was his ru- kicking was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another question I had was like, I was watching it and then he was running away. I'm like, yeah, you better run away from John wick. And then they get into a fight and it's just like, Whoa, holy shit. This guy's crazy. Yeah. And then he and then he ran away again. I was like, "Why are you running away? You're kicking his ass! Come on!" Yeah. I've also just never seen someone so fat and square be so limber yeah. and strong at kicking. Was that? I mean, well, what about was that what's a fat suit? Bridesmaids. Oh, I didn't think about that. Amanda made a good point. It could be. It could have been a a prosthetic, like a yeah, yeah a suit been. because yeah, his flexibility and nimbleness. 
was was, was insane. I think I said, "What the fuck?" in the theater when he did that roundhouse kick. <laughs> he delivered his lines really well. He was a he was a great casting decision, and I like the uh, the tracker, the black guy. I like him a lot. I like that character a lot with the dog. Yeah, he was yep. cool, and it kind of bothered me that they didn't loners and their dogs. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but that all pl- that all ties into the first one, and they kind of bond with each other there, and he backs off. But you know, there's a couple points where you're kind of like. Well, why isn't Donnie Yen and this black guy? Why aren't they just killing him right now? Like, why are they waiting? If their mission is to kill John Wick, then here you go. Here's your opportunity. And then, you know, the end of the movie kind of brings it around, so you understand that they didn't really want to anyway. But yeah, early on, I didn't get why uh, Mister Nobody wasn't just taking whatever advantage opportunity he could. Once they had like that moment of him saving his dog or whatever, then it was like, okay, now I get it. That was after the poker table, so I agree. The 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 blind guy. I felt like he was so reluctant to kill John Wick, but knew that he ultimately had to in the end that I feel like he was just delaying it as much as he could mm-hmm. and yeah. just having fun with it, I guess, because yeah. he seemed like kind of a dick. I liked the blind guy a lot. I loved him. Well, they established that, that they were friends, yeah. old friends from the get-go. They established that. So, Oh, and I love the daughter, concierge, in the Osaka. Akira? Um, yeah. This is my biggest uh, problem. She's Sakura awesome. told John Wick that he had to kill the blind man, and he said he understood. I took that as he was going to kill the blind guy, and he definitely didn't do that. He let her down. Yeah. Well, now it's her. It's it's her vengeance trail. You know. I have a criticism about her well, father. I mean, yeah, because she said what she actually said was either you do it or I do, mm-hmm. and he said I understand. So like. I feel you, girl. I don't. To me, that's not really a commitment to taking care of it. He's that like, excellent. Okay, point. Y- y- I get it. If you do it, Amanda, that's an excellent point. That means that she, it's up. It's on her. He understands, so she has to kill him. So I don't agree with that. I do have a criticism about her father. What is that? Well, Donnie gave him an out. Donnie said, w- Donnie, "Wasted actor." Donnie said, "Go take care of your daughter," and her father said, "That's what I'm doing." By fucking dying? Yeah. Now she's going to grow up and kill people. That's not helpful to her daughter. She's going to be the next Miss Wick. He gave her father an out, and the father chose to die on the sword in some lame honor move. Yeah, so. that is that is actually why my brain just sort of like... Because, yeah, it is an, it does seem like an unnecessary death, but my brain glazes over that, probably because it's, like, slightly prejudiced, because I'm just like, oh, is this some, like, Japanese honor shit? Yeah, I get it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie started in the desert, and John Wick killed those guys on the horses and stuff, and I, like, turned over to... I turned to Chelsea in the theater, and I held up four fingers, like I was going to start counting. <laughs> right, he just he just killed four people in the opener. That's four. <laughs> Right, well, and then and then the movie started going, and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I was like, five, six, ugh, fuck it. Is it? It's talk also- about a trim. Honestly, they could have they could have cut that whole opener. Yeah, it didn't make a ton of sense. It was unnecessary. Yeah, it was kind of confusing. It was it confused me. So you, they could have dropped that, and that was what like probably seven, eight minutes easily. <laughs> they could have dropped the whole Lawrence Fishburne thing at the beginning too, where he's like, oh, I'm Morpheus in the cave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He does. And he's he's punching something or... with with rope that makes. I was like, oh, that's gonna come back around at the end. Nope. Did it? Wait, it did though. No, it didn't. I, I think sloppily. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he just? Didn't he just punch that fat dude to like death? Basically, I had no point. 
but no, that though the point of that was just was actually this is what I had requested walking into the movie. I was like, all right, well they fucking paralyzed him or some shit in at the end of John Wick three. So there better at least be like five seconds of them showing him recovering a little bit. And so that's what that was for me. I actually appreciated that. I was like, great. Him punching a board. That means yeah, he's, he's clearly he's, like been in this like training basement oh. thing, like rehabbing. Yeah, okay. rehabbing. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, I didn't going. rewatch Parabellum before I watched this, so I don't really remember much. Yeah, he gets <laughs> he off he, he gets shot by Winston like two or three times and like falls off a building and hits yeah. a rail and a dumpster <sighs> on the way down. More back shit. Yeah, More exactly. Back this shit. man's back is fucked. I'm yeah, with Amanda. There's too much back <laughs> shit. Yeah, I, I don't. I wish that they would take those parts out because everything yeah. else I can be like, great, he's lucky, he's skilled, he's probably hiding a bunch of internal injuries we don't know about. But when those things happen, I'm like, well, he's not fucking Superman. Come on, that's like the uh, bulletproof suits are uh, helpful. Oh, man, is that is that new? Did they? No, inter- it's not new. Uh, those are not new. Did they introduce that in Parabellum? The using the. Uh, I think that's in two. All those two, yeah. two as well. Yeah. All those table guys using the cuffs of their suits to block bullets. I was like, whoa, holy fuck, what? What the hell? Yeah. No, they they, they used them in the previous movies, but this one they really used them. Yeah. Like every single fight scene they're like holding their lapels yeah. over their face. Yeah, my general my general criticism was just that it was too long and uh there was like a round of fighting too much in each fight sequence where it was just like, oh for fuck's sakes. <laughs> like like he's tired. Even even the character is getting up on screen like, oh Oh God! He's just like, yeah, dude, that's enough. That's enough. There's no, we don't need another round. Oh, I know. When he's like, and 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 they have also taken it. And and I, I can appreciate their. What's the right way to say this? Their consistency of the evolution of the difficulty of the combat. You know, the first movie is him just literally just like sinking bullets into soft bald dudes left and right. And now we're at a point where everyone's like fucking not only do they have armored suits, but they've got like armor on top of armor and armor face shields and armor around their neck. And they have bullets that can do crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So now every single death can't just be a bullet to the head, you know, yeah. and some of them you literally do. You, like you said, see the, the see the stuntmen and Keanu like barely able to get back up off the ground because they're so tired of hitting each other. And it's like, whew, I I do miss wick just being able to kill five dudes in five seconds a a part of that though is also the majesty of the baba yaga which is like he's terrifying and he's coming for you and he will not stop yeah yeah, and that gets kind of lost in as the skill level of the bad guys increase and the armor increases and he levels up in this video game called john wick Yes, it's very video gamey. The way the villains each have their own distinct like themes. But you you lose some of the majesty. Like I remember, we I watched a bit of two, and it wasn't the same. Like I watched some of number one because it was on TV, and I was like, man, number one is good. It's so good. And then number two, I watched a bit of it, and I was like, eh, it's, it loses something. It does, and I think again some of the back in three. Yeah, I think I like this craziest fucking madness. (laughs) I really like three. Yeah, Yeah, I think two is the low point of the franchise for sure. The the one thing I would like to say that uh, was my most enjoyable part of this is when he was taking his suit off and the bullets came out, and then he took off his vest and more bullets (laughs) were falling out. You're just like, Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that guy's yeah. got a yeah. chuckle. Yeah. You, you definitely got a few bullets in there. Is there a chapter five? 
Yeah. We didn't stay for the stinger. We both had to pee really bad. Was there, was we, there a stinger? Oh, we was. stayed. There was no stinger. Oh. I saw on the internet there was. Oh, like at the very end of all the credits? Apparently, yeah. At, I, we just stayed to the end of like the flashy credits. When it started to scroll, the big ones were like, okay, fuck it. What was, did they say? It was the a setup of the Japanese girl. Getting her revenge on blonde guy? Yeah. Oh. Uh, that's all I gleaned from. I didn't read too much about it, but. Oh, okay. Well, it, that would have was... answered your question. Intern, why didn't you stay until the end of the credits? Oh, I had to go pee also. It was a four-hour movie. Yeah. Two hours and 50 minutes. And yeah. my my overall, which is it's not really a complaint about the movie itself. It's more just the plot. Um, I I thought we were taking down the table. I thought we were breaking the whole fucking network apart. Like, fuck this whole assassin bullshit, tyranny, everything. We're going to kill all the high table and fuck the whole thing what if that's fine okay so i read that keanu and the director i forget his name they're like we're taking a break from john wick we need to we need a breather mm-hmm. but that is brilliant daniel what if we had to fake his death so that he can come and be like in the shadows assassin like he's meant to mm. actually be lower the body count yeah, lower the body lower count. The body count. Make five intimate, intimate Every death. high table death is super high stylized. That's what they should do. Yes, that, yes, that is what we should do. Also, give Keanu a break. The man's all the guy, guy coming up on sixty. Yeah, yeah. That is my favorite part of the Venture Brothers. <laughs> is when he goes around taking out everybody. That's great. Okay, I will make one more comment about another movie. We so, also went to go see <clears throat> Scream Six. Oh. In the theater, and I have zero complaints. It was a satisfying entry. I recommend it. It was fun. All right. It was fun. Was Although, actually, no, I'll stabbing. say Courtney Cox. <sighs> it just bothers me when these actresses and actors fuck with their faces. And uh, Scream has a lot of like really close ups on the faces. And it's just like, ah, oh, Courtney. <laughs> Every time they do a close up of her face, you're just like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. She's been fucking with that face for 15 years. Yeah, it's troubling. That's yeah, too bad. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, I talked over you. Um, no, I'm glad that Scream was fun. Um, I had one that I was surprised about because I thought it was going to be super mainstream, blech, but it was actually kind of creepy and then toward the end goes really fucking hard in the paint in an unexpected way. And that movie is Smile. Really? Oh, yeah. You guys remember that horror movie? Really? Yeah. Positive reflection on Smile? Yeah, I wow. didn't really, I thought for sure it was going to be like that Lights Out movie, which was like, oh, this gimmick does not last and, past its and short. You, and you film. used a sports reference. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? It was... Uh, Hard in the paint. Amanda, did you hear that? I heard him. <laughs> yeah, because I'll go Sorry. ahead and like just, I'll just spoil it because I doubt anybody w- will watch it or even cares to. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a demon and it gets inside of your body or whatever. And it makes you experience your worst fears all the time. And eventually it needs to move on to the next host. And in order to do that, it has to traumatize them. So it does that smiling thing, which freaks them out. And then they kills themselves. And then the, the demon can move into the person that witnessed the suicide. And that's how it hops around. So it actually, whatever is going on in terms of the movie itself is probably just middling nonsense. But the scenes that it uses to show the transition are very creepy. They are very unsettling to watch. And, and at the end of the movie, there's just straight up people tearing the skin off of their faces oh and their jaws God. unhinging and trying to eat other people whole. 
Wow. So it gets really fucked up in a way I did not expect. So wow. I was just kind of sitting in my room like, oh, oh, all right. Like <laughs> surprising for the mainstream movie or surprising based on the expectations from the trailer or just overall I think, all of it. I, think I was literally, the, I think the trailer made it look like it was kind of mainstreamy nonsense and I was not expecting much going into it. I literally put it on as background fodder. And then once it started to creep me out a little bit, I started paying attention. And then some of the shit going on toward the end is like stuff I would expect from movies that I'm actually into. So I, that was very shocking. I miss that. I miss managing a video store, bringing home movies and just throwing them on in the background. And if they grabbed my attention, I watched it. Right. I miss that. <sighs> Anyone else? Anything? No. 5090s? Nothing? Nothing. 5090s, nothing. I forgot that it existed. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. It's now time for Obsernathans with Nathan. I was just going to go off on... uh... A little bit more about movies being too long because I recently watched Mission Impossible 2. Chelsea and I are watching the Mission Impossibles. And I read that Mission Impossible 2 was originally three and a half hours in the original cut from John Woo. Oh, John Woo. And let's be clear Mission Impossible 2 is garbage. <laughs> it's trash. At two hours and three minutes, it's, it's barely watchable. Yeah. What the fuck? Was Maybe it, that extra hour was needed. What could have possibly been in the other hour and a half? Do you know how many doves he does slow mo in that movie? That's what I mean. Slow motion adds a lot of that's crazy. A lot of time that you can just cut out easily. Yeah, and I was also reading that Avatar three, James Cameron is rumored to have a nine hour cut for yeah. for Disney Plus. They're gonna release it as a TV series after Jesus. the movie. Yeah. This Wait, is what, what? What's nine hour cut? <laughs> Avatar three. Avatar three is gonna have a nine hour cut just for Disney Plus. I don't. I'm sure the theater version will be four hours or something. It's getting ridiculous. It's like a movie gains notoriety and then the director gets to just do whatever the fuck he wants. And we saw that with Netflix. We saw them hand out blank checks without any oversight, and they made long movies that weren't that great. And now Netflix has commercials. Well, they're all gonna have and commercials. What's, what's crazy about it is, I'm sorry to interject here, but like. James Cameron got paid and people got paid. People who worked on the film created nine hours of content, knowing that at most they might be able to put four up in the theater. Mm-hmm. Why are the studios paying for that shit? So much well, they have to. So he's much made them, waste. He's made them billions of dollars. I hear you. I'm, that's a poor example. But yeah. my point still stands like, no, you don't need to film five hours you need to film three good hours and trim it to two and a quarter Mm -hmm. and i don't feel like as a producer i would be that i don't think it would be that crazy to me i would be more like the oh i put 10 grand into saw and made a hundred million back that seems like crazy this is like oh, i put 500 million in i got a billion back it doesn't seem like oh he had a budget of two billion for avatar two and three that's what I mean. He so made then you, what, double your money. He made yeah. He made the two billion back with Avatar two, I guess. So now he gets to do his nine hour cut. I imagine. <laughs> I imagine these things wouldn't have happened if he didn't make the money with Avatar two. If Avatar two bombed, then we wouldn't be talking about Avatar three at all. 
I guess when I, the avatar makes the same amount of money, whether he's given a blank check or if he's given a reasonable amount of money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, yeah. the, end, the end box office, whatever, is going to be pretty much the same regardless of whatever shenanigans are allowed to happen in the creation of. Right. It's probably going to make five billion. So whether so... he spends like five hundred million or three billion. Like... <laughs> Yeah, she's getting to a point where I don't even get it from like a produce an executive producer standpoint. I'm like, is this fun for you guys? <laughs> well, I just think there should be. Yeah, we need to get back to sharpening it up. Like, there's nothing wrong with cutting things if it's going to make it run smoother and hit better. You know, limitation inspires creativity. Exactly. All right. Very quickly, I got some rapid fire. Rapid fire. Twisters. A sequel has been written by the screenwriter of The Revenant. Twisters. Wait, Twisters? Yeah. Gladiator 2 is going to have Denzel Washington in it. And the director of John Wick movies has been working on a Highlander reboot with Henry Cavill. (laughs) Okay. So digest that. Talk about whatever you want. I know it's been a while since you did some rapid fire, but that's what happens. A bunch of information comes at you. You got to decide what you want to talk about. Highlander. Okay. Well, you, you heard I lost. I, I got you at Henry Cavill. Well, this sort of goes back to the thing you were talking about before. Like, why didn't they hire a Frenchman? Yeah. Isn't Highlander like a Irish thing? Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> so yeah. You guys, you've got a Brit, so it's close. We should be I close. close. I guess. I don't know that Christopher Lambert was Brit, or Scottish. I think Sean oh, Connery was. Well, yeah. No, they're from all over. Yeah. He's all Belgian. all the. They're global. Yeah, Highlanders are global. They can be from anywhere. Yeah. And I think it's um, possibly going to be a TV series instead of a movie. But he's been trying to do it for a while. And I think that's the break that he's... I think he's taking this break because Chad Stahelski now actually has the clout to to make it happen. Yeah. And I, I actually appreciate this. Highlanders got kind of old school, cool material that's always sort of been handled clumsily or stupidly. So I like that it's him involved. I also appreciate that it's this is a rare time where I appreciate uh, a property being remade by someone that I like a lot because I can tell this guy needs to sort of take a break in general, not just from the Wick movies, but I think from coming up with their own content because it's because it's clear they're stuck on the loner with a dog and nothing to lose. That's Wick. That's Mr. Nobody. That's the movie. Nobody. It's not nothing to lose this time. He's protecting his family, but it's essentially a guy so sad sacked that now he's got to retaliate. And then they're putting out this new movie, Sisu, as well, which is also the same fucking thing, which is cool. I'm down. I'm always down for that. That strategy, that formula always works. But I think maybe uh, he needs to take a break and work on Highlander for a bit. And just get a refresher, get some new ideas. <laughs> Sisu is in the lineup tonight. Yeah. <clears throat> and speaking of the lineup, I don't know if you guys have seen the full lineup, but it contains a little bit of everything that makes Trailer Park Podcast great. And we should probably get to it. Let's do it. Okay, I've I've <laughs> I've, I've been Sad Stack worked furiously on a battle cry for tonight. It's been a while since they decided to make a battle cry. Uh I'm hoping you can hear it.
in Super Mario Bros. It seems like the only thing you haven't drained is my bank account. For super service, call or text Super Mario Bros. Plumbing today. Uh, so yeah, the headliner tonight is Super Mario Bros. The new movie. Super Mario Brothers. Here we go. Nathan, worried or excited about Super Mario Brothers the movie? Well, obviously I'm excited because it looks like a lot of fun. And I'm, it's surprising how good it looks like it could be. That being said, the real question here, Daniel, is how does this impact the 1993 theatrical masterpiece Super Mario Brothers starring Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Dennis Hopper? Oh, I mean, first thought coming into this trailer was that that's the question can it unseat such a perfect movie do we have room for two perfect super mario brothers movies i guess is what we're really asking that's yeah perhaps maybe we should uh we should go around the room we should say is this is this uh is there any issues here uh in turn of only four nominations for an animated feature at the annies for illumination anything to say regarding the film production's uh, credibility here uh, this looks like uh, it's extremely high quality for some reason, mm-hmm. which is su- surprising. Yeah, like it, you were saying, it really does. I really want to watch this. Like, I want to see this more than I want to see 
a Pixar Pixar movies, and I want to see every Pixar movie. So I I don't know. This is <laughs> yeah. it's uh, I'm it, pretty excited about it. It looks like it's using so much about the Super Mario world in a positive way. Yeah, I was expecting to cringe at certain points, but everything is being used appropriately, or at least it appears to be. This is, is this literally a 30 year apology? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this, this is what you guys wanted back then, right? This is it. This is it. We're finally yeah. doing the thing. <laughs> and, and honestly, why was it ever so hard? I mean, I know in the nineties people like went off the deep end and did really stupid stuff. So like the live action doesn't surprise me that much, but the fact that a really good animated Mario has not ever been made until now is very weird. It is weird because there's so much you can do. Yeah. Is this another like, I feel like <laughs> going to get in trouble again. Is this like another Japanese honor thing? Were they like so, oh were they so closed door from the first experience of letting their property out into Hollywood that it took this long for them to be like, okay. You get one more chance. One more chance. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. And I can't blame them for that. Is but this any, looks beautiful. Is there anyone here experienced with the Despicable Me franchise and the Minions Rise of Gru? Have have has, has this been like an Amanda and Daphne viewing session? Yeah, at I've all? seen Rise of Gru. Yeah. And is that are those good? No, not really. I mean, they're they're cute enough, but no, they're not. They're not great movies. Because that's who this is. That's that's what Illuminations claim. To fame here is the Despicable Me franchise. I mean, uh, they, they did like a Mastermind or a Mega Mind. Oh, did they look good? You mean like how's the animation? Like, oh, th- oh, okay. This looks the better. It's fine. Obviously, Ill- Illumination, if that's what we're talking about, is good at making something that kids really like. Okay. I mean, kids that are into minions are really, really into minions. So, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the trailer's hitting a lot of. A lot of fun points for the Super Mario fan or the the one that's familiar with the video games. Like there's Mario Karts even in there, like Rainbow Road. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they finally found a good use for Charlie Day. Yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> he's a perfect Luigi. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, that guy finally found his place. That took yeah, way Other than his extremely successful 14 season television show. Right. Well, some people like his screamy voice and some people don't. I think it works for Luigi. I think... I think it's great. We, we can all agree that it's a little too screamy the rest of the time. Although I did, I was, you know how you scroll through Netflix and you the, the trailers like launch at you before you have a chance to move to the next thing? Yeah. Well, I landed on Horrible Bosses 2. And the, I think I the scene or the trailer that they have for that is really great. They're on some talk show and Jason Bateman and Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day are talking about the shower buddy. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like... Yeah, they're screaming and yelling on the talk show. <laughs> it just reminds me of like when I was in the shower with my dad. I'm just like, why would you be in the shower? Or <laughs> <laughs> he says, no, we didn't say dad. We said children in the shower with the children. Why would you be in the shower with the children? Why would you be in the shower with your dad? Anyway. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, anyway. No, I'm, think- I'm surprisingly almost emotionally affected by this trailer the way they've like taken the mario song and made it into this like epic like, battle call almost i can't oh, wait to see this that's what i was thinking about also that i was kind of like weirdly excited about is i am really looking forward to 
the score of this and the changes that they're going to make to make it like uh cinematic because i love the mario themes like i i all the music in the mario games is great yeah and uh they're going to make it like bigger which is going to be awesome like i really want to see it like a dungeon scene or some yeah like yeah. underwater yeah i hope like i just play with i want to well. know what they're going to do with it like i like when the trailer opens up i like what the 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 treatment they're doing with the music is is nice it's hour hour and 32 minutes perfect so perfect nice. yeah and it daniel looks i just want to make the comment that i think it's been a couple movies now i think but or yeah buzz space light year or whatever that, mm-hmm. that one too. There's been some multiple comments now where you're talking about these animated movies making you emotional. This is a trend. I just want to bring your attention to. It. Yeah, but isn't that easy? Aren't the animated movies like they 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 make you emotional easier than actual movies? I don't disagree with that. I'm just pointing out a trend. I'm not attacking your manhood or anything. <laughs> okay, trailer number two. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I told you that this lineup has a little bit of everything that makes Trailer Park Podcast what it is. Hey, hey, Jake! Hey! Jake! And uh, Jake's making a comeback, baby. This movie is not called The Covenant. And I will thank you to call this movie by its proper title. This movie is Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Here we go. John, you have tellers approaching. You still don't remember a thing. I don't remember any of it. I only remember the interpreter. he wants his job i need the money don't disappoint turn out to be a pain in the ass no not me sir money isn't the reason he wants his job it's alabama killed his son stop the vehicle sergeant we don't want to go down this road you're out of your bounds ahmed you're here to translate actually i'm here to interpret john you have tellers approaching those mountains now he's hiding in a hole somewhere i should be in that hole you could me everything all right john no everything's not all right there is a hook in me ahmed and his family are in trouble we can't intervene i am gonna have to get him out myself Listen, you gotta be alone. You gotta adapt. Here's what you got. 
If you can give me the location, if I can get him out of the country. It's too dangerous. You've become very popular with the Taliban. I miss you. Love you, Daddy. You think if I could be free of this debt, I wouldn't be? You think I have a choice? There is no choice. No, I won't back down. Intern, worried or excited about Guy Ritchie's The Covenant? I have uh, only two minor problems with this trailer. Uh, the first one being that Guy Ritchie hasn't done anything to float my boat since snatch and uh jake gyllenhaal hasn't done anything to float my boat since the prisoners so does villeneuve need to come out and save jake that would help to save him from himself i have oh go ahead no 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 no. keep going in turn you were you were on the right path here uh jake is uh obsessive about wanting to play these uh, military characters and the like jarhead he was doing jarhead and zodiac at the same time and i guess he was super invested in jarhead which is a shame because his performance in the zodiac is phenomenal and jarhead's uh just was a disappointment also this looks like it'll be okay i'm worried <laughs> i have um less concerns about this trailer in that I only have one and that is that it exists. <laughs> yeah, what is his deal? Like he is so obsessed with doing these military roles or like police roles or it's like he needs like a it's like a new actor, you know, and they have their headshots of like here's my cop outfit, here's my firefighter outfit. That's like how he's my EMT. Ap- he's approaching acting like that. And it's very frustrating because he's better than the horrible movies that he's making. Because this, to me, this is like male. This is like a this is like a lifetime movie for dudes. <laughs> it's a, it almost is. It reminds me of like the WWE movies. I, yeah, it's just like I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just really playing to like trying to make emotional fodder out of wartime shit it's just so tired and cliche and and it's uh, and yeah guy Ritchie, fuck guy Ritchie hasn't made an excited like a, a a noteworthy movie in a long time so putting his name on the title doesn't improve it for me nor does it even feel like a guy Ritchie movie no there's no like quippy banter right. or stylized anything it's pretty straightforward if you described this movie to me on paper and said that it was the lead actor was treat williams i uh wouldn't have even blinked an eye who's treat williams he's a he's a dude actor who does dude lifetime movie like a, uh, a lot of these kind of movies like his end of his career is just like every kind of bland military movie you can think of nathan's gonna like ruin every trailer from, from bruce willis and just like putting out three straight to dvd bad 
these movies. Is it also just the trailer, though? I feel like the trailer did this movie kind of a disservice and that it could have been more like teeth, more badass, more like, I gotta save my fucking friend. But instead, it was very emotional. I think that he wants to be the emotional guy. Mm, Fair. Is Nathan just like fuming or? Nathan knows. Hey, you fucking bastards! Uh, well, I've heard just about enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> when he gets it on the head. <laughs> you think you can do this shit? Jay! Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go on, walk away, because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. Jay! <sighs> You, was that you? You were laughing at him getting bonked on the head, Nathan? I thought I heard you. I thought I heard Amanda laugh at him. Oh. <laughs> and then I, I looked at his face <laughs> as he was sitting there with his after his head shot with the butt of the gun. I was like, yeah, that is pretty funny. <laughs> Listen. There's no reason for this to turn around Jake's career, but it's going to. I have faith that this is going to be... Look, hey. Listen, I have a hook in me, <laughs> and his name is Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I recently watched uh, the Terminal List TV show on Amazon. That was pretty good. Similar is deal. Similar. Is deal. he in that? No, but it's a similar deal. Oh, and I, and I watched Pratt, uh, Pratt's thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then I watched that um, Amazon movie with Chris Pine in it. That's kind of similar, where he's veteran from war goes gets caught overseas doing some espionage type deal Mm. anyway i don't dislike those i I enjoy the jack ryan tv show i don't dislike this story i'll probably check it out and if it's good i'll let you guys know and then you can all take your critique critique is so limiting and emotionally draining (laughs) and you can shove it okay Uh, Trailer number three tonight is from Nicolas Cage. It is Renfield. It is the Fulcrum. It is... A horror movie. He finally gets to be Dracula. It's one of his wishes. I'll tell you what the other two wishes are after we watch the trailer. Miss... Rose. Sister Rose. Of course. Another plant. Rose. Renfield, here we go. Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship. Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here? My boss, he's different. You can't get him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. I'm coming, Martha! Oh, you feel like he could destroy you with the snap of his fingers. Wouldn't even need to snap. Okay. Uh Uh-huh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, what? Renfield. Bringing innocent victims. I want a handful of nuns, a busload of cheerleaders. 
and I just want a normal life again. But this modern world is a dangerous place. Thank you. You saved my life. Did I watch you cut a guy with a decorative serving platter? It's all in the wrist. Let me explain. My boss gave me this power. In return, I tend to his needs, including care, feeding. You bring in people to eat? You're like the guy that gets the villain's postmates. But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? He won't grow to full power. Exactly. He won't grow to full power. What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that? But yes. Hi. Are you here for the meeting? Well, come on. No! Oh, no! Some call me the Dark One. Others, the Lord of Death. To most, I am Baracula. Okay, obviously we're dealing with a little bit more than just narcissism here. Let's eat. Daniel, you worried or excited about Renfield? Uh, I think, yeah, I think I'm comfortable enough to say I am excited about this. <clears throat> it's a story that seems uh, very obvious as a next take on the character of Renfield. Of course, why wouldn't you, especially in these modern times of toxic relationships and all this sort of terminology it works perfectly from that front nick cage gets to be dracula the movie is comedic and ridiculous enough that it you know harnesses his energy perfectly so i feel like it's a win-win for everybody he gets to do his thing we get to have our renfield movie and um from some of the other trailers that i've seen uh it's quite violent so and then it just i don't know it just looks fun in general so i'm on board i'm excited yeah, I really like um, the the surrounding cast as well. I like the guy that's playing Renfield. I like Aquafina as the like cute, like presumably love interest person. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that um, <coughs> Ben Schwartz is in there. I don't know what his role is, but I know he's in it. Um, a couple other people. So I it looks very fun as long as it stays like high paced and energetic, which all of the trailers I've seen do then I think it's going to be a really good time. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I am feeling more of a worry boiling to the surface. I think it could be time for us to start considering selling our stock in Nick Cage. Uh, is this like a payback for the last trailer? The unbearable weight of being was not that good, and the trailer lied to me, and I feel like this trailer's lying to me as well. Oh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I was underwhelmed by that as well, but I didn't. I don't think it offended me in any way. And this one is not. It's Nick not a Nick Cage move. I mean, he's in there and he's a big part of it. But yeah, to me, it's about everybody else mostly. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I would like to know how Renfield gets these powers. He because, eats a fly. Well, I wasn't aware that Dracula could just give people powers. I thought he would have had to make them a vampire. Yeah, it must be some weird like half vamp stasis mm. or something. Uh, who knows? Yeah, maybe yeah, they'll maybe they'll tell us. We're in daywalker territory. Hmm. 
Hmm. Well, obviously, Renfield is he doesn't age. It involves eating spiders. So, I mean, he's obviously got some sort of gift given to him by the Dark Lord. Well, in the original Bram Stoker novel of Dracula, Renfield is described as being at least the age of 59. So, yeah. Many other adaptations depict him as a younger man, which is clearly what they're choosing to do here with uh, Nicholas Holt, a.k.a. the blood bag from, Mac, from Mad Max Fury Road. In turn, what say you? I'd say that when Dracula was written, the average life expectancy was probably 40, so 59 is... Oh, to d- depict that he has... Basically immortal. Yeah. Immortal immortality. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, long-lived and looks young. Well, I suppose we can give Nicolas Cage another few movies, I guess. Uh, I just don't know why we are genuinely excited about everything he does, but everything that Jake Gyllenhaal does, we like to take a crap on it. I will say that um, in my most watch actor list, Nicolas Cage is right up there, and it's alarming. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's like Matt Damon, Samuel L. Jackson, and Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Well, you know what I was thinking about this is that if you didn't want to take the route where you have to have Renfield have some sort of immortality power bestowed upon him by Dracula in order for him to survive as long as Dracula, you could have also worked this in as like the old Renfield is bringing this guy in as the new Renfield. And he's Mm. like, oh, no, I don't want any of this bullshit. (laughs) Oh, like training his own replacement. Oh, that's fun. That would be fun. This looks fun anyway. I'm excited. Okay. And if it isn't fun, I don't feel like I really missed much. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's going to be It's short. How long is it, Nathan? Uh, Runtime is not known. 249. (laughs) Hour 33. Four hours and 35 minutes. Yeah, it's got to be more what Amanda's saying. It's got to be like an hour and 30. It's hour 33. Oh, you've got it? Okay. So an hour and 33. There you go. Hey, did you know? That the original Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1992, the studio wanted Nicolas Cage instead of Keanu Reeves to play Jonathan Harker. But Francis Ford Coppola, his uncle, did not want him, did not want to work with him because of what he called hijacking the movie with his acting choices. (laughs) Yeah. And then that literal thing happened with Gary Gary Oldman. Yes. Oh, Gary Oldman. That, he's he's fabulous. Yeah, and and uh, I don't think he, uh, uh, Coppola didn't want fabulous from from what I've heard. <laughs> he didn't want fabulous. He wanted dark and serious. He's, he's like the, the best. He's the best part of that. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. That's where uh, they like they. That's where they don't like they don't they don't know what they have when they're complaining. It's like, oh, you think this was bad because of Oldman? No, Oldman saves this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was going to tell you the other two roles. So there's three roles that Nicolas Cage dreamed about getting when he started his acting career. One of them was Dracula. One of them is Superman. That's right. And the third one is Captain Nemo. Captain Nemo. Yeah. I guess, I guess he could do that. (laughs) Yeah. And the next movie he's making is with Joel Kinnaman. It's a psychological thriller. Sympathy for the devil is what it's called. Joel Kinnaman's like a driver of like a taxi type deal. And uh, Nicolas Cage gets into his car and holds him at gunpoint and takes him for the ride of his life over over the night. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's probably time for some of these, right? Like Nick Cage like surfaces up and he does a handful of like legitimate movies. Maybe one gets him a nomination for something. Maybe one's better than everyone expected. And then he dips back down into the water and does like five or six of these like straight to DVD thrillers. <laughs> well, I think that's where he should be. Cause... Yeah, I'm, and I'm fine with him being there. Yeah. He can pop back up once in a while and do something interesting like a color out of space, you know? Yeah, yes. I don't think anyone here is like Nick Cage is the great actor. No. But I'm just saying he needs to go back to doing what he's normally doing. And Jake Gyllenhaal needs to get back to doing good movies. And then we can all go back and return to being our normal selves. You know, the uh, Sad Sack producers Hmm. have uh, done a Nicolas Cage episode. And they have not done that with Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) We could do it. We could just, you know, boy, I think bubble. Well, it's just like, uh, this time he's paralyzed. This time he is insomnia. This time. This time he's back through genetic time loops to fix a train wreck. It's not fair because all five of those movies came out at the same time. And Nicolas Cage is the only person that's capable of having five movies come out within within two months of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> number four. I swear this episode has like some really long titles. This is Dragon Dungeons and Dragons colon Honor Among Thieves. It was going to be Bo is Not Afraid in honor of putting something that's a little bit more artsy in the totter. Mm-hmm. But I showed the trailer lineup to the intern when he was here in Calgary visiting us. And after he watched the trailer for Bo is Afraid, he sneered at it. And that is why we're doing something fun instead. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. More fun. Eight Jim's colon. More fun than what... Because you know it, it's, it's by Ari Aster. So, you know, it's going to bring up uh, Midsommar and uh, Hereditary. Hereditary, which the ending is fucking bonkers and stupid and... Midsummer, they hate it. So you're the only one that would have been excited. And you're not. So fuck it. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Dungeons and Dragons. Prince of Thieves. Here we go. Here's the thing. We're a team of thieves. And when you do this, you're bound to make enemies. Sometimes those enemies come looking for revenge. Truth be told, We help the wrong person steal the wrong thing. We didn't mean to unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known. But we're gonna fix it. So how do we pull that off? Uh... Figure it out over a drink? Probably best. You need cooling! Give us a fighting chance. We're gonna need strength. You got this, right? I know you don't. We also need courage. 
Magic. And you. What is that again? Flower bear. Be warned. There is evil here. I'm glad he's on our side. This one's dangerous. But whatever happens. We'll be ready. Exactly that you bring to this. I'm a planner. I make plans. You've already made the plan, so if the existing plan fails, I make a new plan. So you make plans that fail? No. He also plays the loot. Not relevant. Amanda, worried or excited about Dungeons and Dragons? Open your trees. <laughs> ding ding ding. Um I weirdly am excited about this. I shouldn't be like, it's probably going to be pretty bad. I don't really know why it's going to the theaters. It feels like a, you know, Netflix movie. It's a Chris Pine in it. Yeah. It's got Chris Pine. And then, then that's why I like it because I think he's just so charming and I gave him a pass with everything and it looks fun. Um, so sure. I'm, I'm into, I'm into it. Oh, yeah. Me too. Giant head me in that too. tunic. <laughs> You're a pine nut. I'm a pine nut. Yeah. It looks great. So. It looks fun. And you know what? The second trailer came out and it had additional scenes in it that also looked good. Sometimes when you watch the second trailer, you're like, ooh, I, I don't know. But the second trailer was good. Both trailers, good. Renfield, it looks like, um, first trailer, okay. Yeah. Second trailer, bad. Probably going to be bad. Dungeons and Dragons, good. Second trailer, good. Probably going to be good and fun. I feel like Nathan is really defensive ever since <laughs> <laughs> we brought it into his life about Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks really cute. I'm, I'm, I will probably see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The budget looks right. It looks like they've captured both essences of Dungeons and Dragons, which is all the like ludicrous fantasy shit. Plus the like quipping with your buddies and meeting in taverns and trying to pull off weird stunts and adventures. looks like they got all the, all the elements, right? And I'm a pine nut. He always makes me laugh. I actually like his little like loot dance at the end. It makes me giggle. Um, Does it feel like a Guardians of the Galaxy for for fantasy? Yeah, it's kind of got that going for it. Yeah, and you're right. There's a very good chance that this could just be like, but I I want to have a fun time with it. So I will give it that fun time. Yeah, it's only two hours and 14 minutes. That's fine. That's fine. It's acceptable. I read here it said this is the fourth Dungeons and Dragons film and also a reboot. And what are the other ones? There was yeah. one that had Marlon Wayans. Well, that's my immediate reaction. Normally, because I'm such a cinephile, when I read things like that about movies, I'm just like, oh, right. Yeah, this one in that year, this one in that year, that one. <laughs> and I read this and I'm like, what? When? Yeah, where are the other two from? No idea. I, I, I mistakenly remembered Double Dragon as one of them. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh I've watched shit. it recently. Yeah. That was Double Dragon, not Dungeons and Dragon. <sighs> Lisa Milano, hmm. guy Jeez. from Party of Five. And then the movie is set, like I read the two trivia things, that this movie is set in the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, well, that's true. 
It's in the Forgotten Realm. Huh? 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 You get that? Huh? You like that? Okay. <clears throat> anyway. Was Intern also excited? I think he's trying to uh, get get past this one without saying anything. Mm. Come on, buddy. Pee you on know, it. The, the loot thing at the end made me snort. Okay. So it has that going for it. The, my, the thing that I keep thinking about has nothing to do with this. What I keep thinking about is how can they make this movie with all these special effects and they can't... Uh, it looks like way better than the Wheel of Time special effects. Ugh. It's just driving no. me nuts. Here we go again. Anyway, uh, this looks like I'll be able to have it on in the background um, while I'm whittling a loot. And uh, and I could uh, be fine with that. I'm generally not excited excited. Whittling a loot excited. Yeah. I wish I, instead of a buzzer, I had a, a gunshot sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed with the thud from Wicker Man. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's finish this off. Sisu, trailer five. Mm. Sisu, here we go. when you take everything from him. Do you really believe that he's immortal? No, he just refuses to die. How many minds did you bury here? All of them. You and you. about who is the strongest. This is about not giving up. We have a word for that in Finland. Sisu! 
Nathan, finish us off. Zizu, worried or excited? Sisu is a Finnish word described as stoic determination, grit, bravery, resilience, and hardiness. One hour. Real one forty eight. One hour thirty one minutes. Uh, looking like uh, I'm getting the type of like Turbo Kid violence, you know, kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, the like, limbs oh, yeah. flying around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, this will be more interesting than John Wick Chapter Four, simply because the kills and the violence will be interesting uh, to watch instead of just the same fight choreography over and over and over again. Excited. Didn't feel like we needed a jab at John Wick in order to get ourselves too excited, especially since we're the same studio, essentially. <clears throat> um, for that, I'm going to go watch John Wick 4 again. But <clears throat> we will... Oh, I'm definitely excited for this. This fucking dead guy with nothing to lose. His family's dead. He's got a kick-ass dog, and he just wants to fucking murder Nazis who are like, that's our free reign for people to be as fucking violent and grotesque as they want. The, the way I am most of the time, I feel like the only time other people are that way is when it involves Nazis. So when I do see them go to the Nazis so they can do all the fucked up grotesque shit they want to do, part of me is like, okay, you pussies. We can't find anybody else that's evil on the fucking planet. But... <clears throat> Yeah, I'm totally down. Excited, 100%. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They do say, oh, it's Nazis. All yeah. all chains are off. We're all in agreement on that one, which yeah. is true. Yeah. Um, what I especially love about this is the dog choice. <laughs> the poodle? <laughs> the hypoallergenic yes. thing? Whatever yeah. Is. Yeah. It's so cute. Because mm. I'm still mad that John Wick picked, you know, a pit bull. Yeah. To replace his like little little basset terrier thing, yeah. Like no, you needed an equally cute, useless dog, <laughs> or unassuming like you, yeah. Wick. Yeah. So um, I, I love the dog choice, and sure, it looks like a good time. Whatever. Sisu, uh, I just want to yell that in the theater while watching this. Yeah. Um, I am gonna say that uh, having a bad guy or bad guys that you can uh, label will make this much more interesting than the unnamed enemy of uh, previous films that people are ejaculating over. Uh, stick with the Nazis. Unnamed enemies. Destroy them. Yeah. What are you Top doing? Gun bullshit. Oh, you're the enemy. You're trying to take a shot at Top Gun right now? Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm trying to take... Take the heat off of uh, John Wick and <laughs> well, put it on Top Gun. You shouldn't attack um, movies that are clearly superior. Oh, this looks like it's going to be way better than than Maverick. Sisu! Excited. Also, I know it's a cheap gimmick, but I'm a sucker when they like rhythmically weave in the gunfire to the song of the trailer. <laughs> they... Oh, yeah, they did do that. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the leg blowing up and then landing on a mine. I really hope that happens in the movie. And it wasn't like a trailer edit. Like three torsos get stacked on top of each other on top of one guy. And he walks around like, oh, why are there so many torsos on top of me? It's <laughs> <laughs> time to rewatch Turbo Kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, 
All excited? Did we all silver shard everything? No. no? I was worried. Oh, no, no, not the bit. Jalen Hall one. I was worried about Renfield. Yeah. You were just... Everybody else jerked off to everything except Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get you, the fucking break. <laughs> you, can't, you cannot have thought that we would be into that movie. Huh? I thought huh? you would be on board with him turning things around. I thought that because you're my friends and you support me. In that we are life. equally invested in the emotional <laughs> journey equally. of <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're all excited about Nicolas Cage all the time, and there's things that we come together with on this podcast. And apparently, it used to be, it used to be celebrating Jake Gyllenhaal. Now, now it's about shitting on him. Apparently, didn't his career turn around with the last one, Strange World, or Ambulance? Ambulance. <laughs> I see. The one where he's on the phone. Spider Man. <laughs> he Spider Man? Which oh, is the one where he's on the phone? He was mysterious. People like that movie, though. That's true. Wow. You guys. Jeez. So he's in there. He's in there. Like, I will. The... If you can hear it, I'll, I'll play the mashup about Jake Gyllenhaal, and you'll all be in it talking positively about Jake. <laughs> <laughs> hard, hard, noticeable cuts and edits everywhere. <laughs> Hey, hey, Jake! Hey, Jake! So there's never a time when you're not at least a little bit aroused by Gyllenhaal. I think I'm ready to put uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's penis in my mouth. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I like Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor. I think maybe Jake Gyllenhaal will win an Oscar. Hey, hey, Jake! Put your dick in my mouth, Jake. <laughs> Aggressive. That all came through. That's the only thing I've heard the whole thing of. Put your dick in my mouth. <laughs> I, I turned off some auto suppression that might change things. Phallic symbol, phallic symbol. <laughs> yeah, heard that. <laughs> phallic symbol, phallic symbol. Come here, damn you. I want to touch you. <laughs> Fucking pound you so hard. Oh my god. No, really. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming out, everybody. And always remember that making podcasts are not easy. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a long fucking time, and I've been working on it for a while, okay? <laughs> Uh, that's available to watch now. Mm.